Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. Hey friends. So today I am going to talk to you all about why having an ego is actually really great and how I embrace mine and you should embrace your ego as well. There's a lot of conversation nowadays about being heart-centered and shifting away from the ego, that working from the ego will lead to destructive power and vanity, and it's not where humanity of people exist. That when we operate from the heart space, we are so much more in flow and in alignment. And I'm sure some of you, if not most of you have heard this, right? Well, I'm going to take a different spin on this because I think there was some genius marketer out there who did a fantastic job in ruining the reputation of an ego and highlighting the reputation of heart space. I mean, aren't most things controlled by incredible marketers who know the psychology of how we think and can use the power of words and situations to condition us to lean in one direction or the other? Okay, okay. I know this is not a whole marketing thing, and trust me, I love marketing. I think it's really fascinating. So let's get straight back to the point about why do I love an ego and why am I in support of ego? Well, the thing is that I actually truly believe in being heart-centered and having a focus and being in flow from the heart center. And the other word in replacement of heart center is emotional intelligence. When we are highly empathic, when we are cognizant and aware of what our social surroundings are, how we're interacting with that, that is all emotional intelligence or another word is heart centered. You know, if you love the woo woo world like I do. But on the other hand, why do I also believe that having an ego is so important? And I actually really, really believe that the reputation and the word ego has been misused in certain ways. And I want to clear that up today because I believe, and I do see it, that having a strong ego and having a strong heart center, emotional intelligence, are actually in partnership with each other. And they don't actually function in a way that's versus each other. So it's not ego or heart. It's both in conjunction with each other. And what it truly is, is a lot of context that needs to be given around why does our ego even exist in the first place? What's the purpose that it serves? And to reframe the way that we think about our ego and its importance for us to be able to live. And and in fact, if you want to be a leader, having an ego is really important. So today I'm going to talk a bit about that because what's really amazing and incredible, and as you all know, is that our minds are so brilliant. And I mean, humans are capable of innovating and developing unbelievable technology. Look at what we've already accomplished in the past hundred years. 
So imagine what is possible when we can tap into our psyche and release fears and that are preventing us from accomplishing goals, finding future success, and especially releasing the shame and the guilt that comes with balancing the way that we are trying to move forward, whether it's your own organization, your new ideas, your new products, whatever it is that you're trying to put out there and how you show up as a leader. So the goal is not to control emotion, but it's to raise awareness on how we react to a situation so we can reduce anxiety and our impulsive need to respond to a situation. But to do this, we need context, right? For any conversation or communication to happen, difficult, challenging conversations, we need to have space so we can give context to it so that we're not stuck in our own little narrative and it blocks us from seeing the other person's perspective. So what I want to do today is really give you some context about why the marriage between our ego and our heart are so important. So whether it's the heart or whether it is our ego, it is up to us to consciously know how we're operating in either one. For us to tap in and recognize, oh, okay, I'm having a little too much ego moment here. I need it to scale back a little bit. Or you know what? I need to increase my ego and you know what, heart, I got this one. How do you have that conversation? Because when we do have too much excess of ego, that is when narcissism and arrogance exists, right? So what is narcissism? Narcissism is the individual that struggles and has an inflated ego. So they're on the extreme end of having an ego because they're actually quite insecure inside and they tend to personalize any form of feedback, even if it's constructive and positive because their inner shell, which is actually their core, which is actually quite weak, can't handle anything that is said to them that may be negative. That is something about the extreme side of an ego. Now, on the other hand, when we're operating purely out of the heart and ignoring our ego, we're sacrificing ourselves to becoming martyrs. I mean, let's be honest. The goal is not to be either one of those. We are not trying to be narcissists. And the goal is not either to promote someone who is a martyr and says, it's okay. I want to go ahead and put you first. You know what? Let's listen to all these ideas. I don't want to bring out my idea too. It's too much. As a leader, it's really important specifically to know when to pull back so you create a dynamic where your team gets to feel empowered and when you need to step in and say, okay, it's a little too much. I need to take this and and create direction here. Think about it. When we're talking about the context of ego and heart, you know, I'm curious if anyone has actually explained why we have an ego in the first place or why the heart became the champion. I kind of think about it like how the Wicked Witch was portrayed in this negative way, but it wasn't until the musical Wicked came out, and for those of you who saw it, and for those of you who didn't see it, essentially, the musical Wicked is about the story of the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz, and it's about her narrative and her giving her context of why she was portrayed and framed in a way that seemed that she was wicked when she actually was not. So today, I want to share the behind the scenes story of our ego and bring back its reputation. So why does an ego exist? The thing is that an ego, in truth, it's a figment of our imagination. It's a protection device that, think of it like a bouncer of a club. It's there to protect 
anything from harming you. So it's received a bad reputation because when people think of ego, they usually associate it with arrogance, entitlement, rude, and even narcissist. But there's a reason why egos exist within all of us. It's entire job and purpose. If you had a job description that you had to write for your ego, it would be that the ego must protect you from any form of harm and pain. You will seek pleasure at all times. Ego has no concept from right or wrong. It really is focused on creating a reality that best serves you and protecting you so you keep comfortable, you're happy, and it exists to preserve us. And so it must defend anything. Literally think of it like a warrior. It must go out. And if there's any pain that it feels coming towards it, if there's any harm, any frustration, any emotion that is difficult, it must swat it away and fight back. And that's why egos exist. So this is why when you get criticisms or unwanted feedback, our ego steps in and is on guard to immediately step into this place of, oh, wait a second. I don't like what I'm hearing. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to pay attention to this. Or now I'm going to respond back in defending it. Could you imagine though, if you had to accept every single piece of feedback you ever got. If your constant self-evaluation and criticized every part of you and you just took it, that's when an individual would literally fall apart. So let's not be so harsh on our ego because the reason it exists is so that we can temper how much feedback and how much of it is taking it on ourselves, like being a victim or being someone who believes that it's constantly our fault to actually having the confidence to say like, wait a second, no, let's really think about this. Why is this being positioned in this way? What am I doing that is actually creating, you know, maybe this tension or what am I doing that's not? How do I hold myself accountable and how do we hold others accountable? So when you operate solely from a place of ego, you create defense mechanisms to fight off anything that challenges you. So what happens here is that we need the ego to protect us, right? It's our bouncer, it's our warrior, it's our first line of defense that is protecting us from any kind of negative emotion that's coming through because if the ego did not exist, you would be a cracked shell on the side <laughs> and they would be very hard to exist and actually function in the day-to-day of the real world, let alone the challenges and the stressors that come with being a leader. But what happens here is that because our ego is our biggest loyalist champion, it also becomes the enemy of our self-awareness. The thing is that our ego rejects and closes doors to anything that can enlighten us and give us some clarity to our blind spots or patterns that cause roadblocks. So our egos exist to protect you. It seeks that happiness and joy and it deflects pain. So when we think about self-awareness, what happens? Self-awareness is asking you to challenge yourself, to really look at your behaviors, look at how you are communicating with yourself, your self-talk, that negative pattern thinking, and it's asking you to correct that. And self-awareness is a piece that's there for a purpose as well, so that you do continue to grow and flourish and you function in a way that is well-respected and well-received from yourself and from others. So when someone is giving feedback and you feel defensive walls are coming up and you're getting agitated, upset, 
those responses to the person are coming up because our ego is in place protecting us. And it prevents us from having an open mind. If we're functioning from purely from that ego place, what's happening is that we're hearing this, but we're already in our mind trying to come up with an excuse, justification, or displacement and blaming the other person by saying, well, they don't even have the full context of the situation. They don't even know me. How can they speak with such confidence about me? Or of course, you know, who are they to say this? They even don't even have a good leader and tend to fail on meeting deadlines themselves. So how are they telling me all this stuff? Well, what's happened here is that our egos have stepped in and found reason to protect our narrative. But really what we're doing is we're projecting, right? We are putting and we are displacing the emotion because our egos are not allowing us because it's too painful. It's too hard to hear. We don't want to hear it. It's uncomfortable. So we close the doors from really receiving what maybe they're actually trying to say to us. Usually when we hear something that we don't like, you know, we close that door And what happens is that it prevents us from actually asking our egos or asking ourselves like, hey, was there something in what was just shared that may have been constructive that could have helped me from growing? And that's where, you know, what we need to do is have our egos step back and say to it, it's okay, ego, take a seat. I got this. I can do this. The thing is that our egos are stubborn and they don't listen easily. So there's some mechanisms that we insert when we're operating purely from a place of ego. So I've mentioned one as displacement, where we take out our frustrations on someone else. So one person comes to us and says, hey, you know, this has been on my mind and I really didn't receive it well. And it it really was hard for me. And I just want to give you some feedback that maybe the next time you can approach me from X, Y, and Z. We take that. We're not able to appreciate what the other person's coming to us with. We're, We're lacking that empathy because we're stuck in, oh my gosh, this person just attacked me, even though it may not be quote unquote attack, but our egos are taking it that way because it's creating an uncomfortable experience. So then we go back, we go home. Maybe it's someone else telling us that, you know, maybe it's a client, maybe it's a vendor, maybe it's our boss, whoever it may be telling us that I didn't like the quality of work that you produced here. I think that there's been tension between you and somebody else. You may want to apologize and all of this is coming through and your ego is protecting you. So you go home and you take it out on somebody else instead of dealing with the actual situation. The other type of mechanism that we put in place is projection. When we aren't willing to accept unwanted thoughts about ourselves, we place it onto somebody else. When we are uncomfortable with someone else is because there's usually something within them that we don't like within ourselves, but we're not yet ready to express it or accept it that it exists within us. So what we do then is we say, well, I think that's a form of self-projection. They're the ones who are coming across really agitated when actually it may be you, but you're not willing to see it yet. So these are a couple of mechanisms that happen within us, right? Or there's also denial where we block out that we have these bad habits and we continue operating because we don't want to deal with the consequences of it. And we don't want to accept that this is actually something that exists within us. So to go back to the earlier point, the reason that the ego has unfortunately received such a bad reputation is because as a society, because of our addiction and connection to social media, we've built this construct of vanity and rewarded that. So the thing is that humans are interesting, right? We 
tend to swing on a pendulum from extremes, and it's really hard for us to be centered, especially when we're operating from an unconscious set of movements. So when we're operating in our day-to-day and we're just kind of going through the day without thinking about the movements that we're making, that's on an unconscious level. But when we become aware of it, And when we are conscious of the words that we're speaking, the actions we're taking, and there's intention behind it, all of this creates a space for conscious movement and for us to be centered. And this is where the heart space becomes the ego's best friend. So now we're swinging in the other direction, the heart-centered, alignment, nurture, nourish, your soul, active listening, empathy. When we 100% listen and justify the actions of others, we excuse their behaviors because we're connected with their heart space. This is where empathy and heart space gets a reputation of being too soft. Because what happens here is we've put the ego in a corner and time out. We're taking the brunt of everyone else's issues. We're burning ourselves out. And we think as healers, It's our duty to nurture everyone at the cost of our own health. This is where as leaders, when you're building your team, when you're expanding your business, if you don't marry the two, the ego and the heart, it can ultimately ruin your business. You can lose money. You can lose clients. You can lose trust from employees. You can be taken completely for advantage. Your decisions becoming reactive based on other people. You're allowing others to make decisions for your business, for your team that you'd never be happy with and holding them responsible for having the decisions or the process they put in is really hard. So do you want to know something interesting? Someone who's working purely from a heart and overextending themselves and someone who's working purely from ego are actually experiencing the same thing underneath, yet they're just manifesting it in different ways. So both of them want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be loved, and they want to be liked. And one, the ego, the narcissist, loses respect for the arrogance. And the other, someone who is only functioning from a place of putting everyone else first, and this is, you know, how this is the type of leader I am, that I, you know, boundary setting may be hard is that they get taken for granted. So how do you partner the two together? The way you do it is by acknowledging that a healthy ego is here to protect me. That when my ego is sending me an alert and I'm having a physiological response of reactivity, anxiety, blood rising, asking myself, okay, is this fear? Is this discomfort because it's new to me or it's truly a warning? When my ego is reacting, my heart steps in to ask questions and help me recognize that, hey, ego, is this something that you really need to take charge on or can we work together here? And when it needs to play bouncer and when it's okay to take a step back. So as a leader, you're constantly making big decisions. Your ego is being crushed at times when team members are leaving. Your heart is broken when someone shares a disappointing news. Your ego wants to protect you from sadness. As a leader, you want to care so deeply for people, but that's when your ego needs to step in and acknowledge that, is this going to hurt me or help me? As a leader, celebrating wins and celebrating failure, celebrating vulnerability requires a lot of strength. And it's actually quite the opposite, right? When we think of vulnerability, some think of it as being too soft that, oh, I just showed emotion, but it actually takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength 
and it takes your ego to have a healthy ego because what ego does is that it gives you the validation, your own internal validation, not external, but internal validation that you know who you are, that you are strong enough to know where your values stand. And with that, you're able to then withstand all of these challenges that are coming forward and you're able to stop personalizing everything because as a leader, as somebody who has built their own business, everything does feel personal. And when you are in a position where you're supporting a team members, it does feel personal because you're the one in it. You're the one doing it. But when you have a healthy ego and you're able to recognize that, okay, I'm showing up the best that I can with the resources that I have. And what is happening is an external response to a context or environment or circumstance outside of me, then I'm able to show up in a way that is actually supporting my team and not making me center of it. So when I coach my clients, when I conduct research, when I observe as an organizational psychologist myself, I work with clients to build both a strong, confident ego and a strong, beautiful heart. Because as you build your business, sometimes it's important to step into your ego and prevent others from overpowering your vision. And other times it requires you to show with compassion and empathy at the forefront and tell your ego to take a step back because this moment requires more empathy. And this is why, my friends, I embrace my ego and I embrace my heart space. It's taken me a long time to say, I appreciate you recognizing me for the value I added here without considering it arrogant. It's taken me a very long time to celebrate my wins without worrying how others will perceive me and think of it as bragging. Because as women, when we share and celebrate, it is deemed as bragging. And I'm here to shift that narrative. And the way that we shift that narrative is by first having a partnership with our ego to have a strong, resilient self-identity and the heart, our emotional intelligence, our core skills, to show up for others. And I'm here asking you to join me because when you do this, the world truly opens up to you. When you're in true alignment with yourself and you are in true alignment with how you perceive yourself, the narrative that you have for yourself, you will flourish. Your team will respect you. You will make decisions that may hurt and won't be popular but you will do it from a place of integrity. And if you want to know more about the ego and heart and how they work together to become a better leader, please reach out to me. This is something that I feel very strongly about. This is something that I teach my clients because I want women to feel truly empowered within themselves. I want women to recognize that having an ego is not a bad thing. Having a strong sense of self is actually quite attractive. It's intelligent. It's what's going to help your team and your business flourish and pairing it with the heart and knowing how to balance so that it really is a balance of how am I showing up as a leader? How am I empowering others, but not with sacrificing myself? All of this is what I work with my clients around. All of this is what I coach 
what I've been doing my research on. This is the work that I feel is so important for us to talk about where we stop running from extremes and we're coming more centered to really finding a partnership because the power of words really do matter. The way that you speak to yourself, the way that you speak to others, it really makes a difference in the way that you behave in your actions. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram, send me a message on LinkedIn. I always love hearing from each one of you. And this is something I want to see every woman embody unapologetically to embrace your egos and live from your heart space. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry. DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.